0: I guess what I'm saying is if you're trying to create something in certain space, don't just look at your competitors and try to just do something different from them. I think, you know, look at other things that are completely separate and and get ideas from other things.
1: Welcome to The Deus Podcast. My name is Rachel Hollis and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll share direct, tangible advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. In today's episode, I am chatting with Jen Williams, the founder and CEO of the popular fitness boutique, Pop Physique. We're discussing everything from how to start a small business, knowing when to franchise, and the power of writing down your business goals. Here's our conversation. Jennifer, for folks listening who haven't heard of you before, can you tell us a little bit about your story, your bio, um, all the all the interesting tidbits about you?
0: Sure. Uh, my name is Jennifer Williams. I created Pop Physique in Los Angeles. Our first studios opened about eight years ago in LA in the neighborhood of Silver Lake. We then expanded uh, probably about a year later, we started our second studio, and then from there... I don't know how many, so many yeah. <laughs> uh, locations in LA. And then we have two in New York City. Mm-hmm. We have two in San Francisco. Okay. So I started it really from the perspective of first wanting something in somewhere to work out that spoke to me. Um, I had been a professional ballet dancer my whole life. I had kids really young, so I stopped dancing. I taught Pilates, I taught ballet. Um, but I had never lived in the world of going to the gym or, you know, that, that type of workout. And this was something that I wanted to create sort of as myself as the original customer, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, like never thinking of it really from the business ownership perspective, but more like, I want this for me and I'm going to make it really pretty and I'm going to make it stylish. Um, I'm going to make it have good music and good branding and, as myself, really like the first customer. Mm-hmm. So I, I did it and I was hoping that, you know, some other people might come to the studio mm-hmm. uh, originally. And of course they did. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was really a very conscious choice to have somewhere to work out that had all the, you know, like ticked every box that I would expect as a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that didn't exist. So I needed to make it myself.
1: I love that because I feel like so often when you're hearing about the most successful entrepreneurs or inventors, they're people who saw a space in the market and then just worked to fill it. Um, totally. I'm sure that most people have had ideas but haven't actually then taken the challenge upon themselves and figured out. I mean, I can't even fathom like how do you uh, – and maybe you knew this from dancing, but how did you even figure out? okay, this is what's gonna happen at a class and this is how, this is the music we're gonna, like what did you use as your template for designing what the business would become?
0: Yeah, I think it started with um, first a love for you know, what the physicality of it would be and just taking dance, taking Pilates, taking a little bit of yoga and kind of putting together a class that made sense. Um, it's, it's rooted in a very good foundation that was from the 50s called the Lottie Burke Method. It uh, came from London. It came from a dancer. Um, and so the foundation was there, but it needed some modernizing. It needed some, you know, little adjustments. Um, so I started with truly just the class. And then from there, you know, you have to figure out, okay, this is a physical location type thing. It's not an internet business. It's not an app. Like, we, we actually have to have a building that this happens in, um, which is a little daunting, I think, when you've never done that before um so navigating the sort of real estate markets in LA and all the things that that entails um construction and just everything um figuring out how to have a space there was really only a really kind of weird men's gym um (laughs) I don't think many women went to. I mean it wasn't a men's gym but it was mostly men is what I mean and then kind of like one yoga studio that was like I think it closed pretty quickly So there wasn't much, and I felt like I look around, I see my neighbors, I see myself, I see people that are creative and and wonderful, and they wanted somewhere to work out. They did not want to drive to West Hollywood or Beverly Hills to work out. So I knew there was a need and found a space. And then from there, it's like trying to figure out branding and a name and so many little pieces that you stick with you forever, you know, you, you create a name and a brand and a logo and all of that. It's, it's a, obviously you can redesign your logo, but you know, it's going to stick with you for a while. I think sometimes maybe when you don't know what to expect, or you don't know how to do it, you kind of, it's almost even easier to figure it out, because you don't really have anything that you're looking at, like, oh, I know that's going to be really terrible, or that's going to be really, you know, so fun to do. Um, you just kind of keep exploring it. And you still have this kind of like mindset. that's what I'm going to do. And Mm -hmm. so it's just part of the path and the journey to get to the end of having, you know, a location open.
1: Absolutely. Like you can't sit in the obsession for perfection or you will never actually open. It's Um, true. Yeah. At some point you have to just go, okay, this is what we can do and we will improve as we move on, but we've got to take a step forward. We can't. I think a lot of people have the idea for businesses, small and large, and sit in indecision because Mm -hmm. they're afraid that it's the wrong choice when at some point you just have to gather what you've got and make the best call you can in that moment and move on.
0: That's right. I mean, our original space, you know we ended up taking over the entire building, let's say maybe four years later. But Mm -hmm. in the beginning, we had a small room in the back. So we rented out like a dance rehearsal space. And we had a front desk in the, in the front that was very sort of temporary. And we rented a room in the back. So we didn't have even our own kind of building. Mm. Um little fun thing is right before we went to sign our lease, the landlord said, oh, I don't want you to have a sign on the building. That would mess <laughs> up my building. And I thought, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. What? How, how am I going to, it is again, first time ever having something that's like a building, you know, that people have to come to and see, how are they going to know where we are? How is anyone going to know about us? So it was very daunting to have that kind of, um, well, and and we didn't really know what to do. We sort of just went with it and decided that it was part of the sort of, chic Silver Lake kind of underground thing that was going on. <laughs> ah, yes. like, we
1: would
0: just like pretend that we did it intentionally yes. to be cool, Yes, which, you know, worked. Um, of course, people figured out where it was. It was fine. And eventually we got our sign uh, years later. But I think those are the funny things that you have to kind of go with it. Yeah. Like, like you said, like you can't, like I could have fought and fought and I might have lost the lease. I might not have gotten that space. So you know, you just kind of go with what you need to do and build towards maybe what's better. Yeah. Our first client base was a really funny story is like how that built. Um, Daily Candy, the editors uh, contacted us and we thought like being kind of perfectionist, like let's let's try and wait and like, you know, be open for a few months, like really know what we're doing. Then we'll reach out to them. We'll like hopefully get on their radar and you know all that stuff so it's about two weeks before we open and we had printed postcards with a a adorable print of a girl a photo shoot that I did of a girl and her butt and she has her hands on her hips and like sport bands on her wrists and she's very very cute but I printed a pretty small amount of postcards and I put them only in one silver lake restaurant so I knew exactly where they were. They had just come. I like run down the street, put them out. I'm so excited, run back home. Phone call. And of course, you know, at this time, it's like on a cell phone forwarded. I'm like, Pop Physique. <laughs> like, Pop Physique doesn't <laughs> exist yet. You know, and I'm like, Pop Physique, how can I help you? Um, so I'm answering the phone, and the girl's like, um, Yeah, I just got your postcard. What? And my heart's like, What? Really? And she said, I, I'm an editor at Daily Candy. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. Okay, not really. Like this is crazy. Like, how could the one person that picks up my postcard, like literally like an hour after I'd put them in one place in all of Los Angeles, be the Daily Candy editor? Yes,
1: that's calling me. And it's so worth it's insane. worth saying if people don't remember or don't know, Daily Candy was yes. there wasn't something bigger you could have gotten for no. your life yeah. opening a shop in L.A. Like that just and even that doesn't time, happen. Remember, yeah, remember
0: it was like. One thing a day at that yes, time. Yes, yes. Like 2008, like the end of 2008 is when we opened. And so I taught a class just to editors before we
1: even ever opened. So smart.
0: My first class was teaching to editors. I mean, imagine that. It was like the most stressful. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was great. It was really fun. The article came out and it was like we had wait lists on our classes the very first week that we opened, which in some ways is scary because we didn't really know what we were doing exactly yet. Um, but how am I going to turn that down? You know. Yeah. No, like, so that's incredible.
1: I, and I think that that's uh, yeah. It like just taking the plunge and deciding. You know what? We're going to figure this out.
0: We did. It was scary. It was it was exciting and and a little bit scary. We, we didn't really know what we were doing yet.
1: <laughs> and I have to ask because before we even go further, I have to ask because I'm doing the math in my head. Mm-hmm. End of 2008 might be yes. the worst time in the history of this country to it was start horrible. a business tell it was me horrible. tell me about the audacity and courage that that took luxury is meant to be livable discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners and more all built to last no matter how many spills, scuffs or pet related mishaps come its way The leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I think that,
0: you know, again, like successful things and successful entrepreneurship, I think it comes from a place of like, I don't want to say desperation, because that's not the right word. And that's not how I was at that time. but But more of like, the motivation comes from what else can I do? Like, mm-hmm. how can I maybe be more in control of what I'm doing and my paycheck? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, at the end of the day, obviously owning your own business, you work all the time. There's no like clocking out. There's no time off. Yeah. Um, even when I take my kids to Europe, like I'm still working full sure. whole time. Um, but yeah, I think, that was a really scary time. There was a very, we actually opened on November 2nd. So it was actually pre-election. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly a large part of our database pretty quickly was like, I can't afford to, to do this. I can't, wow. I lost my job, you know? Mm. So we had to be very creative. Um, we always, our company has always been pop for the people. It's mm-hmm. always been made to be accessible in style and accessible in price. And that was very important to me. Um, I wanted it to still feel not like a cheap place that you go, but like that you could afford to go mm-hmm. at any
1: age. Love.
0: Yeah, it's really intentional.
1: Wow. Um, So tell me how you, when and how you decided to go from just the one location to, okay, crap, we're going to scale, we're going to expand. Like, how do you decide to do that?
0: Going from... One location to two locations is is I think the scariest move. After you can you know successfully feel like you have two locations, I kind of think the number from there could be hundreds. It mm. could be endless um, because you think of especially a small business. You start it with probably yourself working there seven days a week. Yeah, um, really a lot of your personality, a lot of your person is involved in it. I taught you know, 14 classes a week. I was always at the front desk. I was always there day and night, seven days a week. So to the thought of like, well, how, but how do I go to the other place? And how is this one going to be okay? Mm. Um, it was very, you know, challenging to figure out. And I think once we successfully did that jump, uh, it was a year into the business. So the guys in my life, my father and my husband were both like, I think about the first week we opened in Silver Lake and had wait lists, they were like, where's number two? And I said, no, 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 guys. (laughs) I think guys are kind of like that. They kind of just get excited and go for it. Um, Women, I think we like to like kind of sit back for a moment, assess, make sure it's good, like quality Mm -hmm. check, all that kind of stuff and sort of go at it in a more organized fashion. Um, But so, you know, about a year later is when we opened our second location and I sort of moved my whole base of time, mostly over there. And then still, you know, let's say 70% of my time was there and 30% over at the first location. Mm
1: -hmm. What I want to know as a business owner, and what I think the hardest part is always um, staffing. So I would imagine that when you're growing to a second location, part of that is that you need to have managers or people in place that you can really trust. Was that A role that you had played before? Is that something that you had ever done or you were figuring this out as you went along?
0: I was really figuring out as I went along. I mean, I had danced in ballet companies and, you know, it's very different. Um, There's, you know, union ballet companies. There's companies that sort of have to compete with other companies that are union ballet companies. So they act like that. Um, There's not really a manager per se. Um, You know, you have a lot of coaches and a lot of people that are giving you notes all the time, but it it functions differently. So really, it's just sort of intuition and training all of the people that I worked with myself so that they understood my expectations. Mm. I was there all the time. Um, Obviously, it couldn't be in two places at the same time. But Mm. I think that that was really important that they saw me there a lot. And they really, um, you know, knew that, I had a certain eye for things of either how the lobby should look or how the class should be. And Mm -hmm. people, I think maybe I even scared them a little when I came in, you know, sometimes (laughs) Um, just with like, you know, that kind of look um, that I think you have to have um, to, to do things like that.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's so true. Um, everything that I know about business, I have learned through experience, or yeah. I read the books, or I listen to the podcasts, or I watch the yep. videos, or whatever. But it, it's practical learning. It's something that absolutely. you have to really practice, or you never will understand it. So I always find that absolutely. So interesting. And we've
0: had times of you know great expansion in our company, and we've had times where you know there's less and the things that we've sort of figured out along the way, the little mistakes we've made and the things we've learned from it, like it's all such, it's like experiential training or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, 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 you could never buy that kind of knowledge. Like you, you, you have to experience it yourself and learn from it and make better choices or make different choices. Um, or look back and be like, wow, I was really smart about that thing. You know, I'm going to do that again. Like that worked.
1: Yeah. So, and how many, um, how many locations do you have today? 13 Wow and they're all yeah. over there you have them in, in all different cities so yeah. how do you manage now it when now we're not just in different locations in Los Angeles but now you're in San Francisco right. or New York right. what was it like to move it out of state where you couldn't just drive by and make sure that the lobby looked the way you wanted it to
0: yeah it's it's a lot of letting go I mm-hmm. think like you know my whole life was very structured and ballet and very um, Like, like you said, like being a perfectionist, I think like at a certain point, you kind of have to allow other people to take the lead and allow other people to have some more authority in those places. Um, We expanded to San Francisco first, uh, which is our first place out of L.A., and that uh, was really happy for us because we lived there for 10 years before Mm. we lived in L.A. So our older two kids were born there. Um, There's a lot of family that I have there. So it was a very conscious choice of like, this is a great city that I know people will love it and we get to go back and visit as part of our life.
1: And um, now, forgive me if I didn't catch this or if I'm reading this wrong. Did you start the company? Is your husband part of it or he helped you to found it? Or Yeah, he is. Um,
0: at first, it was my thing. It was like, I'm going to do this thing. Like he he was a, in a band. He did music stuff. He didn't, um, you know, really, I mean, his dream in life was not to do a ballet bar (laughs) business, you know, company. I think that, you know, it started as one studio, like it didn't start as a company per se. I think in this time in 2017, I think, you know, entrepreneurs might say, I'm starting a company and that's Mm. like different thing. You know, Mm. I'm starting an app. Um, Back then it was like, I'm starting this one location and let's see how it goes. It's Mm -hmm. 2008, you know, (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it became a company, you know, yeah. it became a real thing. And I think he saw that and was like, wow, I should probably help you with this. Like, this is kind of becoming bigger. And, and I think the partnership of us working together, um, he's always h- helped to make the playlist. He's always made the music for it. Oh, um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah he sources music, uh, as he's done his whole life, uh, in really interesting ways and always been really good at finding artists before they blow up. Or, um, we get a lot of artists that send us music before it comes out. Mm. Um, so he's always had those connections and that has made the experience for our clients. Like way richer than I think it would be Mm -hmm. if I was making the music or, you know, putting that together. So we're good partners in that sense. And I think we're also really different, um, which is good because, you know, I'm just, you know, he's more analytical and has like a better sense of like, he works with the numbers and the marketing and I'll have like the creative ideas of the marketing. He will as well. But then like we come together on that, that part. Um, so it's fun. I mean, it's hard to work with your husband yeah. all day, every day. Um, you'd kind of never, because you never stop working when you have your own company, uh, especially when your relationship is, is part of that, mm-hmm. it makes the lines very Like we don't ever go out to eat and like not talk about the company. Uh,
1: so um, a CEO or what? It, what is your day-to-day look like? What's your title now beyond yeah. the founder? I'm a
0: founder and CEO day to day is so, so different. Mm-hmm. I always, I love to read those blogs about like, what is someone's day like? Yeah, me what too. time do they wake up? Yeah. And today I woke up at 4am, but okay. that's a little unusual. Yes. Um, but you know, like I think it, it, it's like a blend of, you know, I took a class today. That's my workout, but it's also, I did a review for a teacher. Mm. Um, so I worked with her afterwards. I taught her a few new exercises. I went over some notes with her. And then, you know, checked in in a studio. I've been in probably three different studios this week already. I'm either teacher training, I'm working with teachers, I'm maybe doing photo shoots or other creative aspects of the business. But typically, it's hard to find me sitting like I have a desk, but I'm not there very much, right? So I'm not usually like typing my email all the day.
1: Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview, but now a quick word from a sponsor. Each chapter of Girl Wash Your Face begins with a specific lie I used to believe that left me feeling overwhelmed, unworthy, or ready to give up. As a working mother, a former foster parent, and a woman who has dealt with the insecurities about my body and relationship, I try and speak with the insight and kindness that would come from a best friend. I want to help you unpack the limiting mindsets that destroy your self-confidence and keep you from moving forward. My book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is available everywhere books are sold, and the Audible version is narrated by me. I hope you'll check it out. Do you want to actually go into 2018 organized and on top of things and feeling in control of your schedule instead of your schedule feeling in control of you? Do your future self a favor and get Cozy. It's the app that keeps the whole family schedule in one place and makes sure everyone knows who is doing what, when and where. Cozy will even send emails every morning with the day's agenda and alert others when a new appointment is added to the calendar, so you don't have to. Get Cozy, C-O-Z-I, for free from your app store or at cozy.com forward slash Rachel. Hey, y'all, do me a favor. While you're listening to today's episode, take a screenshot and put it on Instagram or your Insta stories and tag me. I love hearing what you think and seeing what you're up to, and it helps the tribe remember to go listen to this week's episode. Thanks so much. When you look out into the future for the company, is there a hope of continued scale? Do you want to grow? Do you want to expand? Or is there a like, we're going to get to a place where we feel really good and we're going to, this is what we can manage and we won't take on more. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. Market.com slash reach thrivemarket slash reach
0: I love seeing the brand in different places. Mm-hmm. so we we have an international location that we did with a partner in Toronto. Um, it opened in January. and that is the best part of my life. like yeah. going to a new city and seeing people you know, bring the brand to life in a new space and, you know, training their teachers and and their staff and coming in and teaching classes there and visiting again. It's just so exciting to see it like in another place. Yeah. So, I do have that. I, I won't call it an addiction, but like that excitement for that is is not dying. We are actually franchising very soon. Oh, cool. Uh, been working with an attorney for franchising and we should be selling them. I think we're gonna announce our interest list in it in probably three or four weeks. So really soon.
1: That's awesome.
0: I think that New York could have four or five more locations there mm-hmm. in the city. So we definitely would like to expand there. I think LA is fine. You know, I think I'm good with that. And it's, it's hard because I have so many sort of like when I'm here home base, I have a lot of paperwork and emails and payroll, the kind of like, like I said, more boring aspects of owning a business that I kind of, you know, I can't drive across LA to like the West side studio and then back to the East side studio and make it to a desk or, you know, do something else in a day's work. Sure. It just takes so long here. Yeah. So when I'm in New York, I might be in both studios within the same day and I can kind of pop back and forth on the subway and it's really easy.
1: If there's someone listening who has uh, the dream of opening a business for herself, what yes. is the best piece of advice you could give her having gone through it?
0: One has to remember first that entrepreneurship is, is a little lonely. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that you are kind of on your own. So you there's a there's a great empowerment once you figure it out and you make something that works because you truly did it on your own. Um you didn't do it with, you know, 10 people saying, "Oh, you really shouldn't make that mistake." Like <laughs> it's it's really cool. Like once you actually do something and it works, that's great. Um but I think knowing that that space is, is a bit lonely. Like you, you're really creating it on your own Mm -hmm. and you have to figure everything out and like just reading as much as possible and like looking at as many brands and as many things, um, not just in your own space too. I think like we didn't come from it. I definitely never approached this, um, from the aspect of I'm a fitness person. Mm -hmm. I only approached it as a dancer, as an artist coming into a space where I knew I needed to work out. Mm. So like we, ha- we have it at the top of our website, it's a- an artistic approach to exercise. And mm-hmm. that's, I don't read fitness magazines or blogs. I don't like, that's not, I'm not interested in it at mm-hmm. all. Um, I've, tr- I've trained in Pilates. I'm certified in that. I've, I've taught it for many years. The experience that we give, I think is very different from just doing like push-ups in a room. Um, the way that we describe it, the way we motivate people, the music, um, the lighting, the kind of choices we make when we teach the class, mm-hmm. um, and what goes into teacher training to make that happen. I think that that is a, a really different kind of approach than a regular, you know. So, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is if you're trying to create something in certain space, don't just look at your competitors and try to just do something different from them. I think, you know look at other things that are completely separate and, and get ideas from other things. So I, I, I borrowed some money from my father to start the company. Um, my mother actually put in some money as well, and I had to pay them back with interest. That's, that's how they are. <laughs> um, but I, when I, you know, my, my father said, you need a business plan. And I'm kind of like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. I, like, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be like this. And I like gave him like a paragraph, like verbally. And he's like, okay, so send me your business plan. <laughs> like I'll look over your business plan. Um, and very, I mean, he was a CFO his whole life. So he's very numbers and like sort of, you know, business-like about it. And I kind of was like, you know, I was kind of mad. Like, why do I have to write a business plan? I know what I'm doing. I know what it is. Not like overconfident, but just like, why? Like mm-hmm. s- such a dumb task kind of thing. Um it's my dad. Like, why do I have to do that? And I, I, so I read like a basic book, like how to write a business plan. You know, something something really like simple. Mm-hmm. And I put it together, and it was really good. It was, I mean, it was like you know sufficient. Um, but later on, you know, because when you you're writing it, you you have these ideas, but nothing's happened yet. Like you <laughs> you don't actually have the company, so you're making these projections and these concepts based on really nothing, um, in some ways. So I write it, it's it's sufficient enough for him. He thinks, okay, great, I'll do this. And I discovered it probably three years into the company, like later on.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: reading it was like, I knew what was going to happen. Like wow. I, I I wrote in exactly what my client base ended up being.
1: Wow.
0: Like very specific, like I'm going to open this location and then this location and this location. Even though, again, at the time I thought, I'm opening one studio. Like mm-hmm. I really did not want to make it too grandiose um, or too, you know, long into the future. Like I just wanted to kind of stick with like, let's try this first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really fascinating to look back and like, I was so happy that he made me do that. (laughs) Even though it was like such a a chore and, and I was kind of like annoyed by it. I was super happy that I had it to look back on and it's like literally there and typed and I can read it and say, Wow, like that is what actually happened. that the business plan came to life.
1: Wow, there's um, a practice that I've started recently. I, I actually read it in a couple of different books, but it was the idea that you would not just write your goals down, which is so important, but yes. that you would write them down as if they have already happened. So wow, you would say cool. like for you, you'd be like, I have 10 studios that are all over the U.S. or whatever it is because your brain can't tell the difference between something you're hoping for and something that it's supposed to make real. So if that you just – That gives me like chill, it's that's, Yeah. Like, it's, so it's exciting. It feels that's so – That's like the best
0: tip for people. I right? Think. That is amazing. Yeah. I read because that – Because I've
1: always believed
0: in writing it down. Like I really think – I'm, and I'm a very tactile person. I like to hold a pen and mm-hmm. real paper, which <laughs> I know no one does anymore, but – I really like, you know, journaling or having a piece of paper with a list. Um, I feel like I do the things better than mm-hmm. if I type it, totally. but, um, I've tried every digital list ever. Like I've paid tons of you know, money on apps that just, I don't know, yeah. you know they haven't worked for me, but I, I think that I've seen that, you know, you write it and it, and you look back, you find that paper somewhere and it's like, that happened like you made that happen yeah and I I really think it's so powerful
1: yeah you absolutely create I mean I know I sound like a hippie but you create your own destiny every single time and you just have to decide that that's
0: mm -hmm. what you want and and really do it I I think and and also not limiting yourself you know I think that's part of you know inspiring other people don't say like I can't I can't do that like I think it's you know, make the limit higher. Like we always, even in our design projects for doing the studios, we make like the dream list of like, okay, we want this expensive wallpaper and this light fixture. And, but I found more often than not, I end up with the, the, you know, most of what I actually wanted it to look like. Mm. Like it, it comes to life that way.
1: I love that. I love that advice. Uh, Do you, are you a conference person? Do you go to classes? Do you do continuing education either for the physicality of what you're doing or for the business aspect? Are you a, are you a person that's kind of absorbing wisdom still after all this time?
0: I am. I love to learn. Um, I, I, but again, I learn, I think things that are more outside of what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the competitive nature of just the sort of boutique fitness world has become so funny and silly. Um, yeah. I think it's silly, but, but you know, like, cause I don't care. Like if someone wants to come to my class, fine, I'll give them a good class. I wouldn't like kick them out. Yeah. Um, but there is that <laughs> sounds so silly, but people really do kick people out or turn them away and say, really? you can't come to my location or my business. Um, which I haven't tried to do that. Uh, in a very long time you know so I think I've been pretty absorbed with what I've been doing yeah Um, but I I I love to learn I mean I love to like just even go to a ballet class and remember so much of my ballet training I think I take a lot of you know all that I've learned over my whole life Mm -hmm. into what we do we'll have choreography sessions where maybe teachers will come together with me into a studio and we'll just kind of like play like Mm -hmm. really just kind of put on music and kind of like make stuff up Mm -hmm. that we, you know, test it out, then we'll try a sequence and we'll say, okay, let's try this in a class with, you know, just not instructors, you know, just uh, regular clients and we'll see how they react to this. Sometimes it works and sometimes it does not work. And it's, you sort of workshop things and, Mm -hmm. and kind of, um, I think that is, you know, I do continuing education for my instructors, Mm -hmm. um, but mine is, is a little bit more, Based in, you know, traveling and going to other places and seeing how, you know, seeing art, going to the art museum, like just all kinds of things that inspire me for, you know, marketing or the class.
1: So cool. Uh, so in every single podcast, I ask the same five questions, cool. and so now it's your turn, um, and you're going to laugh because this is what <laughs> we both like to read about in other people's blogs. Oh, but nice. uh, what time do you get up in the morning?
0: Okay uh usually around 6 a.m i do have you know a business that opens at 3 a.m my time oh my uh, gosh oh yeah new york okay right so they open i mean technically the first class starts at 3 a.m my time wow thankfully i have wonderful managers in san francisco and new york so i'm usually not up at that time because i have to be yeah but i do get very excited to sort of check in like when they first open you know like in January I was up every morning texting the front desk girls and talking to them and they're like go to bed Jen just go to bed it's okay it's fine we're good like I just want to know what's happening yeah. I just want to be there
1: yeah that's so fun um are you a coffee drinker and if so what is your order
0: yeah, that's funny. I may, was very strong about this when I was a poor ballet dancer and I said I would never try coffee um, or drink it or get addicted to it because as a dancer, you're very, very poor. You just There's no money. There's nothing extra to buy <laughs> fancy coffees and how expensive coffee has become. I'm glad I made that choice. So people think it's hilarious. They're like, how do you have four kids, business in three cities, and you don't drink any coffee, and oh I'm like, gosh. I don't know. I drink water in the morning, and I have breakfast, but. Wow.
1: Yeah, I don't. I like I thought you were going to say like, ha, ha, but look at me now with my 18 espressos. I'm oh God, I'm doing no. this interview with you and I have <laughs> the iced tea leftover from this morning from Coffee nice. Bean and the espresso from Starbucks that I got before but my see, it's like a pro- to get into it. Yes, it, it's a problem. It is a see? problem. Yep, you were it, the smart one. I know. Well, I've saved I, thousands of dollars. I, I really have. I mean, if you do it over the years, yep. I
0: really have. It, it was a good decision. But I love the idea of it. Yeah. I love the sort of like like I mean it's the francophile in me but I love being I do drink coffee when I'm in France so I should I should say that but I'm not usually working like all day. Yeah. So I'll go to a cafe but more just because it's sort of what you do. You yeah. know like I I'm not going to drink Coca-Cola there I'm not going to drink water so I sit and drink coffee um but yeah it's it's I'm glad that somehow I can wake up and like survive. Just so, I think I'm, I'm a morning person. You yeah. Know, so that helps.
1: But no, I'm super jealous. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, um, so you have to travel, I'm sure, to go visit the different shops. And I know that you just travel um, for yourself. What is the one item that you cannot travel without?
0: It's hard to limit it to one, but I'll try. Um, I think probably my iPad. That probably sounds really lame. I mean, it's That's not lame. Because it has books on it yeah. and, like, pictures and Instagram. Yeah. So that's, that's like, slim and easy to fit with me, and I know I can take, like, 10 books with me without, you know, stacking a bag full. Yeah. But they're more, like, beauty products, I think, that I'm also, like, you know, I have to have this hand cream or this kind of thing with me. Mm-hmm. That's really important.
1: Yeah. Um, so my next question is usually what's your workout, but that seems silly since we've <laughs> just good. talked about what your workout is this whole time. Hey, it's
0: kind of funny. I, I can answer that. Actually. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it, it, it is pop physique and yeah. I'm on my fourth class this week and, oh my gosh. and I feel really
1: good. That's awesome. Um, I will yeah. be totally honest. I have never taken a pop physique class but I my know my Pilates instructor years ago was an instructor at Pop Physique, and oh, wow. I can attest that she had the greatest butt I've ever seen in my entire life. The last question, maybe the most important, so I ask every single person that I interview, um, if you had a platform, here you are, you've got one right now, what is Mm -hmm. the one thing that you would say to women who are coming up in business, either as founders or CEOs or girls who have just graduated from college, what's one thing that you would tell them as they go through this journey? Like if you could shake their shoulders and just be like, girl, this is what you Mm -hmm. need to know, what would it be?
0: You have to stick with what you I mean, of course, listen to people. I mean, take people's advice, like for sure. Like that's important. But I think you have to stay strong with what your original intent is because I've seen things where, you know, someone starts something and then, you know, they get investment and their investors are like, oh, well, we should do this. Mm-hmm. And they kind of talk them away from where their original core concept was. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to really stay. It's I think it's really hard to stay strong in that situation, but I think it's really important to, just absolutely maintain some kind of like boundary of like, this is what I wanted it to be and this is what it's going to stay Mm. and it can evolve, but it, it's not going to stray away from my original, you know, plan.
1: I love that, man. Jen, thank you so much. Thank you for your wisdom and your time. (laughs) Oh, so nice to talk to you. And I know that so many women are going to, um, get so much benefit and value from your wisdom and your story and just seeing another sister who has gone before. And that gives the rest of us courage. So thank you so so much for your time. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life. those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out daispodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. This week's review is from C. Brett. If you need a boost, start here. Funny, uplifting, informative, and inspiring. Like a kick in the pants and a giant group hug. Definitely repeat listening material. I love it. C. Brett, thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. It makes my heart explode. If you want to be featured as a weekly review, well, sister, go leave one, and then maybe I'll choose you, and I'll read it next week. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week.
0: Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' cold K-cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.